Well, uh, typically, um, in terms of our graduation preaching conference, uh, we'd have a guest speaker here on Wednesday night. And I'm just mentioning that because I feel weird preaching it on a Wednesday. Uh, a lot of times in the, um, in the graduation uh, preaching conference, uh, maybe on Tuesday night or something, but, but this, here's, here's the purpose behind it. Well, a little bit of background, just, just real quick. Brother Cope said, you know, I, I think that, that you ought to preach Wednesday night, you know, and get, get us ready for the 25th anniversary. And I don't always listen to what he says, because that can get you in a lot of work. But I, uh, I have also learned to listen as well, and it's been a great help. And so he encouraged me about that. And the more that I thought about it, um, I thought about this as well. Um, Heartland Baptist Bible College is significant in its own right, but, but it is indeed the presence of Southwest Baptist Church here that, that really is the reason why Heartland moved here in the first place and continues to be a major reason as to why I believe things are going in the right direction. Just having a Bible college here in town and a church where they're seeing in practice what they're, what they're learning in the classroom is just vitally, vitally important. And so even for Southwest, for all of our sake, for your sake, I wanted you to be a part of knowing what's, what's coming up. And so where, where really we are, I feel like as a, as a, as a church and as a Bible college. And, and uh, so that's, that's about, I don't know if that helps anybody except just me just saying that out loud, but that's the, uh, that's the reason as to why. And I'm very thankful for the way that God has led in the message and getting ready for it. And so I, I uh, have way yonder to way yonder more notes than what I have time to preach. Has anybody else been in that quandary? Okay. So anyways, uh, just excited, excited about it and trust uh, the leadership of God here and so take your Bibles at this time and turn to 2 Corinthians in chapter number four, and then let's stand in honor of God's word. So 2 Corinthians in chapter number four, 2 Corinthians in chapter number four. <clears throat> Brother David and Brother Seth are going to help with the illustration, getting that out here for us tonight. <clears throat> Some of you that grew up on a farm are getting excited right now, I can... See that here with this plow. <clears throat> we'll get to that here in just a few moments. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate that. <clears throat> Some of you were just reminded of your FFA days, Future Farmers of America, the emblem. Am I right about that? Yeah. It's good stuff. Like it. I had a year in there. I grew up in Kentucky. It's like a requirement for sure. 2 Corinthians chapter number four. Let's look at uh, the first uh, seven verses. And um, in fact, I really appreciate uh, Brother, Brother Ben Moore preached this morning and referenced the verse. He, uh, he knew that I was going to be preaching out of this passage and came to me after our um, director's meeting and mentioned that he was going to be dealing with it. I said, listen, that's just confirmation. And he, the way he handled it really was helpful, even for our purposes here tonight. So let's look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 and verse number 1. He says, therefore... Seeing we have, and notice how he says it, this ministry. So this ministry is evidently in contrast with whatever ministry is preceding that in chapter number three. So therefore, having seen we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. In other words, we don't give up. We, we're not stopping here. There's more work to be done. We faint 
not. And here's what they have done. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Hey, listen, his light is greater than their darkness. Look at verse five. In fact, what I'm doing tonight actually is I'm introducing the theme for next year, uh, for our next upcoming school year, this next fall and, and the students that are coming back. I, I've, I don't remember having introduced it this early, but here we go. It's out of verse number five. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. Amen. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. I believe if you've been around Heartland Baptist Bible College and Southwest Baptist Church any length of time, then you would say that that verse in one verse captures what Heartland Baptist Bible College has been about for the last 25 years since it's been here, coming up on 25 years when it moved here 25 years ago in 1998. That verse really captures it because it's preaching the word, reaching the world, it's preaching the word, and it's about having a servant spirit. I'm going to read that verse one more time. In fact, let me ask you to join in with me on verse number five. Ready? Let's read it together in unison. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Let's read a couple more verses. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. We have this treasure. Just a few Sundays ago, I preached out of Matthew 13 about a man that found the treasure in the field. He went and sold all that he had to buy the field so he could have the treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that... The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So the title of the message, which also will be the title of our theme for next year, keep the plow in the ground. Keep the plow in the ground, developing a new generation to serve Jesus Christ. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. We're going to get right into it here tonight. <clears throat> 25 years ago, I was 21, I had hair, <laughs> and I was a junior in Bible college. And um, I was at Baptist Bible College, in fact. And I'm mindful of this, that churches like Southwest Baptist Church, in fact, Southwest Baptist Church and many other churches, invested heavily in the May meeting offerings, uh, make a difference offering Southwest, you maybe would remember that $100,000, $100,000. I mean, just, and you didn't know it, but you were investing in your pastor even at that time. 
Sorry, you don't get a money back guarantee on this. <laughs> the year um, 25 years ago right now was 1997. The pastor from this church, Brother Sam Davison, came to preach and he preached Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, the narrow way message, as we know it. The narrow path, the narrow way message. I was sitting there, I was 21 years old, naive, not really understanding all that was going on around me, understanding some. I was an RA that year and, and um, I knew that there was a lot kind of stirring, but I was rather naive to all of it. I didn't realize then how much that message would shape the next 25 years, not just of my life, but really of our lives. About a month ago, I listened to that message again. And I heard Brother Sam preach and, and he quoted a, out of Robert Bork's book, Slouching Towards Gomorrah. And Robert Bork was quoting from T.S. Eliot, who wrote Christianity and Culture. And T.S. Eliot said this. So I'm quoting Brother Sam, who quoted Robert Bork, who quoted T.S. Eliot. <laughs> Liberalism tends to release energy rather than accumulate it, to relax rather than to fortify. It is a movement not so much defined as by its end as by its starting point. Because you don't know where it's going. But you know where it came from. It's defined as away from rather than towards something definite. Then listen to what T.S. Eliot said. He said this, Our point of departure is more real to us than our destination. And the destination is likely to present a very different picture when arrived at. 25 years ago, I listened to that message firsthand. A month ago, I listened to it here just, just recently. And then I wondered, where, where is my college, my alma mater now? And, and I, I don't mean to, I'm not, I hope I come across right here. I'm asking God to help me because I, I certainly benefited. I'm thankful to God for the education that I received there by and large. And, and, and I'm telling you a lot of it, the spirit was just like right here, right now. It really was. And some of you could testify to that, but things were shifting and changing. And that's why a narrow way message needed to be preached. And it was a watershed moment. And I wondered, where is the school now? And 25 years later, as I looked at just this last week's graduation uh, week, it was nearly unrecognizable in terms of the music and the lineup of preachers. And I'm, I'm not here to spend time on that at all. And, and I hope I'm not coming across mean-spirited in any way. That's certainly not my intent. My intent is rather this. We better be perceptive. We better be careful. Following that watershed moment, watershed message and moment, many events transpired that go certainly beyond our ability to cover here tonight. But at the same time, what was going on in, in California, in San Dimas, California, around 1992, 1994, in the early 90s, following a conservative takeover of a struggling college, complete with cones, <laughs> the leadership of that 
group and pastors contacted Brother Sam to see if he might be interested and in Southwest might be interested in a college from San Dimas, California, relocating to the heartland of America into Oklahoma City. And more than seeing a school survive, they desired to see the Bible and a biblical philosophy of ministry survive. It was bigger than a school's name. Southwest Baptist Church and a vacant property, a vandalized vacant property on Northwest 10th Street seemed to be well-suited with a little help <laughs> as a means to that end. 25 years ago next year, Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College relocated to Oklahoma City and became known as Heartland Baptist Bible College. And I want to say afresh and anew tonight that more is at stake than a name of a college. More is at stake than professors and their livelihood. More is at stake than buildings and grounds. Here's what's at stake. Bible doctrine. Here's what's at stake. Baptist distinctives. A biblical mindset. Timeless positions. Biblical motives. Bible preached message. And biblical methodologies. That's what's at stake. That's always what has been at stake. And here we are prayerfully and, and hopefully humbly and carefully considering where will we be in the next 25 years? I believe that's worth considering. I agree with my good friend, Brother Wayne Hardy, who's here tonight, who just wrote an article that everybody here ought to read. Is this deja vu? And the subtitle is, is this, history is bound to repeat itself, but it doesn't have to on our watch. Mercy, I like that. History is bound to repeat itself, but it doesn't have to on our watch. So if it's not going to repeat itself on our watch, then what do we need? What, what, what needs to be in place then? What needs to be in place? Because I, I don't think that we would, we would have a, a hard time saying tonight that we would all be in, a, in, a, in, a, in agreement that we want the type of preaching that we've heard this week to continue on for the next 25, 50 years should Jesus tarry is coming. I think that we would be in agreement that we want the type of music that we're singing uh, here tonight that we're enjoying from quartets and it doesn't feel like a rock concert and we've not invited a band to come in here and, and to try to entertain and jazz this stuff up. No, I think we're, we're quite satisfied with congregational song leading that, that is from the heart and the soul and gets people to sing and to sing out. I think that we all be in agreement. That's what we really desire, what we want. And by the way, that's not tied to any, person, any person's name in particular. While I'm very grateful to God for Floyd Schechtsnyder, and we had offices right beside each other. We sat beside each other in the, in the conference room. I, I was looking forward to being able to get to serve with Brother Floyd. My soul wanted to soul there. Every now and then when he'd come off the, the side of the pulpit here to like, as he's getting us to sing someday, I mean, mercy sakes alive, I thought he's going to fly off. But it's, it's not relegated to just a man. It's not relegated just to men because it is biblical mindsets. It is biblical messages. It is biblical doctrine. That's what's at stake. So not under our watch, may God help us. But it's going to take more than just a handful. It's going to take more than just a, even just the board of directors. It's going to take more than just the faculty and staff. It's going to take people that have a heart for God. In fact, I want to say it this way. It's going to take a new generation of young men and young women. I said it's going to take a new generation of young men and young women right. Amen. 
who were determined to be servants of Jesus Christ rather than the servants of culture. Rather than the servants of culture and its Christianized church growth gurus peddling their latest ideas as though there's something new. Those that have been around for the last 25 years know that they are not anything new. In fact, where they lead is exact, right back to where they started. I'm saying tonight, 25 years later, the Broadway has not been a friend of Baptists. But the narrow way sure has been. There's a 21-year-old here tonight, and, and you, you've been through part of the Heartland Baptist Bible College process. You're 21, maybe you're a junior here tonight. And, and I, I just wonder, in 25 years, when you're 46 and bald, <laughs> oh yeah, when you're 26 and bald, will you enjoy the same type of music that we're enjoying here tonight? Will you have the same type of testimonies? Will you have the same type of preaching? If so, we better keep the plow on the ground. We better keep the plow on the ground right here. Preaching the word, reaching the world, that's our theme. But I wonder how many times have you heard Brother Sam or uh, Brother Abels or, or whoever else that's here that's preaching? How many, of you, how many times have you heard them say something like this? I'm going to keep the plow on the ground right here. I'm going to keep the plow on the ground. You know, you know what that means? I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep preaching. It, it may not be easy, but I'm going I'm to keep the plow on the ground right here. I say it. It's usually when I'm struggling and preaching. <laughs> I'm just going to keep the plow on the ground right here. The message tonight is really quite simple. And, and if we are, um, if we're really interested in, uh, let, me, let me make sure that I've made this very clear. We're not wanting to perpetuate this just for the sake of nostalgia. That's right. Amen. That's good. That's good. We're, not, we're not trying to perpetuate this just for the sake of a, of a Bible college. That, that's not it. Because, because really when the time came and a stand had to be made, then, then they left the college. Yeah. A, a college where there had been great loyalty. But, but listen, our loyalty tonight is not to Heartland Baptist Bible College itself. My loyalty tonight is not to Heartland Baptist Bible College. Let me, let me keep going with what I'm saying before you cut me off and don't take that and put it somewhere on the, on the web. Just that statement. My, my loyalty is not even to just Southwest Baptist Church. No, my loyalty, and yours should be as well, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And to that which he's put in his word, and since this is his church, and since it is his word, then we better respect it as so, and, and be ready to move away from a college, should a college go left, out of loyalty to Jesus Christ. So we're not trying to perpetuate something just so that we all keep our jobs. It's shallow. It's low, it's weak, it's, it's anemic. It's, that's not what it needs to be. And it's, it's not just so that we can say, yeah, we're, we're just like we always have been. Unless the way we always have been has been like God has wanted us to be. That's it. That's it. So I think that we're all interested in this. So the question that I, that I began to ask myself and really have been asking myself along the way because as I stepped in these shoes and people would say things like this, you've got big shoes to fill. And I'd say things like this, you know, I'm just gonna wear my own. 
because he wears a size, two size bigger than mine, literally, and in more ways than that. I'm just going to wear my own. But here's, here's the thing that I'm, I'm asking God to help us to do, to keep this going another generation. And if so, how? If so, how? Actually, there's only two things we need. You say, man, can you, can you really boil it down to two? I'm looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I believe I can narrow it down to just the two. For the sake of clarity, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to you. The messages of the Bible, the Bible itself, the Word of God, and I'm going to call it, I'm going to say it this way. Here's, if we're going to stay on course, we've got to have biblical messages. Biblical messages. Messages that are derived from the Word of God. And, and this applies, this is the, listen, let me be clear about another thing since we're being clear about everything. This is not just a message that is the, intended to help us as a Bible college. In fact, the pillar and ground of the truth is a church. And so this will help in the church that you pastor. Young, there's some young men here. I just saw Andrew Diorio. He made a transition with Brother Dave Lydic, and it's going fantastic. And he's a preacher of the Bible. He's preaching the word of God. If this is going to continue for another generation, then there must be Bible preaching. Bible preaching. Not a man with an idea and present an idea as though that's what's going to help things. No, just do this, young men. Just do this, old men. Preach the word. Because it's not the preaching of the word that makes a difference. It's rather this, the word preached. Sometimes we put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Translate that. We put the emphasis on the wrong syllable and we get it all wrong. We, we think, and that's what Paul is saying. We preach not ourselves. It's not the dynamics of our preaching. Although, don't hold back from what God has called you to do. And the word preach does mean a herald that would lift up his voice on behalf of a king. And that herald is sworn to preciseness. He can't come up with his own message. He can't come up with his own ideas. He must say, listen, you must say what God has said. If we're going to make it another generation, we've got to have Bible preachers, which means they've got to be trained, which means they've got to be helped, which means they've got to preach. And sometimes they're going to nail it, and sometimes we're going to nail them. You see what I'm saying? Because we want, listen, we are sworn to preciseness right here. Just preach the word. We need Bible preaching, Bible messages, Bible messages. I mean, it's, it's been so just refreshing to my soul just to hear man after man that came up here to preach, just to say this, I'm just going to preach the word right here. Just preach the word. Listen, I, I know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be careful right here. I know Brother Sam, when he put the plow on the ground in 1997, he wasn't trying to stir up anything, I don't think. I tell you what he's, well, maybe. Here's what he's trying to do, though. He's trying to simply do this. Preach the word. And the word will stir things up. We need Bible messages. And number two, we need this. A biblical philosophy of ministry. Bible messages with a biblical philosophy of ministry. You say, is there such a thing? Yes. 
Paul says, I didn't come to you with, with, with a speech, you know, like, like you had in Corinth, but I came to you in the power of God. That's Bible messages. But he also, he also said this, come out from among them and be ye separate. You see, they had doctrine, but they also needed application. In many ways, what they had, they, they, in many ways in Corinth, I'm, I'm beginning to tie into the text here a little bit. What they had in Corinth was a lot of doctrine, but would you agree with this? Philosophy of ministry was way off. If God in heaven would help us, and I know he would, and his word will, then he we can derive from this same text. Bible messages that will feed the flock for another generation. And we can derive from this same text a biblical philosophy of ministry in any area. In any culture. At any time. We just got to keep the plow on the ground. There's two parts to a plow. You've got uh, this part here that we're looking at called the molding. It's also called the lift, the blade. On the other side of this, there's another part that I didn't really understand this. Sometimes you see it. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> Sometimes you see two blades, right? In fact, when Brother Seth, he helped me to get this, I said, hey, where's the other blade? You're going to mess up my illustration. We got to researching and looking it up. He grew up on the farm. It's a big help. This, um, this right here, this, I know where you are. You can't really see it. I'm going to leave it up here where you can later on. This is called the share. It's, it's, all, it's metal, obviously. But it, its purpose is this. It's to keep the plow straight. And, and the lift or that blade here, the molding, it's digging in deep. And it's rolling that soil. Rolling that soil. Getting those weeds out. Working that ground. Preparing that. Let me hook up my team here just a minute. Huh? Well, I don't have a team, but you're, you're using your little straight line. Huh? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work back then. Hey, I realize we use modern technology. Don't mess up the illustration. <laughs> that soil is rolling out. This is keeping it straight. That, soul is, that, that, that lift is rolling it out. This, this share is keeping it straight. Are you following me? You got, you got to have both. You got to have both. This is rolling it out. This is keeping it straight. And, and it's doing it at the same time, mind you. This is rolling it out. This is, this is breaking up some fallow ground. This is a man just putting the, putting the plow on the ground and that team pulling it and, and it's rolling that ground out and it's breaking up that fallow ground. And this is keeping it straight because you don't need crooked rows. You got to have both. What I'm saying to you is that Bible preaching is like this lift side of the plow and our biblical philosophy of ministry is like this share part of the plow and a biblical philosophy of ministry will keep us going in a straight direction while we preach the word. 
And as we preach the word, that will have an impact on hearts and people will be saved and sin will be rooted out and, and a family will be helped and churches will be started and college students will thrive as the word is preached and the word of God goes forth in the power of the spirit of God, the spirit of God using the word of God through the man of God in the churches of God across the United States of America and around the world. I'm telling you, the work of God can go on strong if we've got Bible preaching and we've got biblical philosophy of ministry. But here's what some are trying to do. I don't think you can have a biblical philosophy of music and they take this off. I don't think you can really say that you can have a biblical philosophy of dress. It's pretty much just whatever people want to do. Not if you're a, not if you're a servant. Now, if you're not a servant, you can do whatever you want to. But if you've got a master, you better find out what the master says. You can find out what the master says through the Bible preaching that he'll present and he'll keep you straight. Well, I don't know if you can have a biblical philosophy of, of preaching. I don't know if you can have a biblical philosophy on how to have a Bible college. I don't know if you can have a biblical philosophy on, on, on the ordinances. Well, you just got into Bible doctrine right there. I don't know if you can, I, I, I think, you know, I don't know that you can have a biblical philosophy about separation. I think we can kind of partner with whoever we want to. And, and all the while, the, the rose. Next thing you know, you have a band come in. Next thing you know, an auditorium that used to be lit like this is dark. People can't even see their Bibles. Next thing you know, they got earplugs at the doors because the place is rocking out. Next thing you know, it used to be such and such Baptist church. Now it's just such and such church. Used to be a marquee that say, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Next thing you know, it's got out there on the marquee. And I'm going to say this and it's so irreverent and I don't even hesitate even to say it. But it's even in my own hometown, a church that used to be a Baptist church. is a Southern Baptist church, but nonetheless, a Baptist church now just something, something church. And they had out on the marquee, come rock with the flock and jam with the lamb. Wow. How in the world... Do you get from a place where you're preaching the Bible and you get to a place where you're rocking with the flock and jamming with the lamb? That's irreverent. That's not a biblical philosophy of ministry. And yet people are flocking to it. There's all kinds of rows there. No more is there, no more is there a pulpit. This would be way too big in the modern church. This is beautiful. Joe Harville made this here at Southwest Baptist Church, and I'm grateful to God for that. We've got a biblical philosophy that drives. You say, you can't show me book, chapter, and verse. Well, here, here's the philosophy of it. The preaching of the word establishes the authority that, that God has in a church to lead and feed the flock. God did not call us to entertain my sheep. He did not call us even just to count our sheep. He didn't call us to draw, do drama for my sheep. He said this, feed the flock of God. And there's a pulpit here and, and, and we try to have men of God that come and preach there and, and we have a choir. You say, where is it at in the Bible that we have a choir? Well, there's all kinds of people. A lot of people gather together singing. But even the type of music that it is, and we don't have a praise team that's up here. Why? Because there's a biblical philosophy of music that is driving this so that what we come out with 25 years later is the same, not just because we're stuck in a rut, but because we've been in the book 
and it will give us a philosophy of music and a philosophy of ministry in every single area. Well, where, where did this come into Corinth? Well, in Corinth, Paul had a lot of culture to deal with. In the book of 1 Corinthians, it was the culture. In fact, they were much more like Corinthians than they were like Christ. And they were suing one another and they had party spirit because the Greeks had their favorite speakers. And so it made its way into the church that they had their favorite speakers. Hey, listen, we better be careful right there because we ought not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. So there was a division in the church and there was, there was this sexual immorality in the church. Meat for the belly, belly for meats. It's a slogan of their day. Meat for the belly, belly for the meats. It's just like people saying today, explore your passion. Live your truth. Love is love. Don't buy those pillows. Don't wear those t-shirts. That means this. Whatever you want to call love is love. No, there's a word of God that we root in in Genesis chapter two and he made them male and female and he brought her unto the man. But that was going on in Corinth. There was homosexual uh, acts in, in the city of Corinth and there was, there was loose moral living. And listen to this, it found its way into even the church and they weren't dealing with it. And Paul put the plow on the ground and said, you got to deal with this. And he made a visit to help them deal with this. And they still didn't get it right. And so he wrote a letter and sent it by Titus to tell them to get it right. And like, well, hang on, let's rejoice in this tonight. They got it right. I'm so glad that when God addresses you about something and uses the word preach or uses a person in your life as a godly person to point out where you need to change, that he gives you that opportunity. And as you get into the word of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 18, and you behold the, the glass, the glory of the Lord, you're changed into the same image from glory to glory to glory. In other words, you're somewhere in the midst of your Christian growth even tonight. And they got that right with the Lord. They got a lot of things right. But here's what Paul said. I'm just, I'm hitting this as fast as I can right here. Just, just to say this, that he was waiting on Titus and he had an opportunity in Troas because listen, even when you're dealing with problems, you still got to preach the Bible. And he was in Troas waiting for them. But then when he couldn't wait anymore, he went up to Macedonia and Titus brought good news that they got things right, but he also brought bad news. There were some interlopers there were some intruders that came in and that's why we have 2 Corinthians. It's because there were some people that came in and they tried to discredit Paul. And they tried to make Paul look selfish and they made, tried to make Paul look like he was in it just for the money. And they tried to make Paul look like that he didn't really care for them. But they did. Last time I preached in this, this chapter, it was a long time ago, and I used Brother uh, Sam Benzwanger and Brother David Perkle, and they were the interlopers. Brother David, looking really sharp and smooth, came in there and, and along with Brother Sam and drew some disciples away. And we referred to them, you know, as the bad guys that came in. And so for a couple of weeks, kids didn't even talk to Brother David and Brother. They came in and drew him away and said, we're superior in our knowledge. We're superior in our spirituality. 
They were true legalists, by the way. They were still under the veil of the law. Ironically, let me say this. It could be either group that comes into any church or Bible college and begin to draw some away into legalism or into libertinism and licentiousness and liberalism. could come either way. We've got to be aware. God called us to be overseers, not overlookers. And, and some came in and they said, um, Paul's suffering. We're blessed. Trying to make the argument like God's really favor is on us. We're more intellectual. We've got better credentials. Hey, we've got letters from Jerusalem. And they probably made them themselves. We've got letters from Jerusalem. He's not even accredited. Some of you got that. I just saved about five minutes off the message. He's not even accredited. Paul then would write in chapter three, why do I need letters? Why do I need letters? I remember we were at Hobby Lobby and, uh, and there's a young lady from Heartland working the, the counter and we were checking out and, and she said, I feel we're real weird about this. <laughs> but I got to see your ID. <laughs> it's me. She said, I, I know Brother Gaddis, but I got to see your ID. All right, as so I showed her my ID. <laughs> you know why she felt funny about that? Because she knew who I was. She didn't lead in letters. You know what Paul's saying in chapter 3 and verse 1 through 3? He's saying this, you don't need me to have letters. You know who I am. In fact, you are a living epistle. Amen. You want credentials? You are the credentials. Amen. Some would say, Heartland Baptist Bible College, not even accredited. Not even, not even thinking about accreditation. Not even, not nowhere on the 10-year plan, the 20-year plan, 25-year plan. Nope, we're just keeping the plow on the ground. Preaching the word and having a biblical philosophy of ministry and like-minded men who comprise the board and others that, that are just caring and loving the Lord and trying to do the same thing. And we're just all in this together saying, listen, let's stay straight for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not even thinking about accreditation. There's not been a Presbyterian anywhere on that campus to say it's a valid school. <laughs> not even a Lutheran, not even evangelical. There's, there's not even a Southern Baptist that's been on that school to say it's a legit school. Your kids go there, they can't get money. Uh, we're right at a million dollars coming their way. Not to all one student, mind you. We spread it out. Are you following me? And we heard a wonderful message as Brother Adam preached this morning, Adam Rivero, and he preached that, listen, I'm a recipient of this. I want to give back to this because it's been such a help to me. And here's what he's doing in Boston, Massachusetts. I went there about two years ago and I thought, man, this could be kind of a tough place to preach. That's what I thought. I'll confess right here tonight. I thought, man, this could be like quiet. It's in the north. It's going to be quiet like dead. I got in there and the man that's leading the singing, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he said, are you ready to praise the Lord? But, whoa! 
I got to preaching. They were saying, amen. You know what happened? He went up there and preached the word of God with the philosophy of ministry that also is from the word of God. And northerners are praising the Lord. Amen. No offense to northerners. I'm just simply saying. <laughs> I don't know. Some would say, you know, if your, your, your kid goes there, they don't get any money. They, that's not accredited. They don't have any letters from anybody with a PhD. They got people, you know, cum laude, summa cum laude, summa cum late, late, lately, late. Is that what it was? Lottie dottie, everybody. <laughs> they don't have anybody that teaches on there. Well, actually, we do have people that have degrees and so forth. But, but the reason we're doing that is not to please some accreditation group. You don't even have letters. We've got some living epistles that Brother Rocky, the Baptist Herald just read on our, our, our Heartland Sunday. Listen to these living letters. Adam Travis, Tajikistan. Monty Barlow, Slovenia. Joel Travis, Nepal. Sammy Rogers, Brazil. Paul LeClaire, Guam. Billy Coley, Kenya. David Hetzer, Sri Lanka. Adam McGeorge, Nauru. Hector Garcia, Venezuela. Rebecca Young, Taiwan. Jonathan Burgett, third, mission, third generation missionary in Japan. Jonathan Switzer, South Africa. David Merlo, Argentina. Josiah Jones, Mexico. John Landy, Sri Lanka. Joel Reisner, Russia. Micah Reisner, Russia. Mike Smith, Brazil. Brazil, Javier, or Lemuel Javier of the Philippines, James Pranger, Russia, Jonathan Skeen, Russia, Sarah Bradley, Croatia, Jonathan Mislin, Philippines, Fernando Padilla, Germany, speaking Spanish and German, Ray Painter right here at Southwest Aviation Above, uh, Affection Above Aviation, Riley Barrett, England, Chad Hainline getting ready to go to Ken, uh, Kenya and South Sudan, Cameron Smutzler with his wife Hannah who grew up here from, and they're in Mongolia, Dwight Bishop, Philippines, Randy Brown, Japan, Alex Buford, Uganda, Zach Ray, China, Chris Walters, Japan, Frank Corley, Nepal, Fred, Greg Freinauer, China, Stephen Trimble, Philippines, Rachel Looper, Japan, Matt Miller, Serbia, Jeremiah Unruh, Sri Lanka, Jeremiah, Jeremy Bennett, Brazil, who's here tonight, Rob Kitchen, they're in Germany, reaching Americans. That's some letters right there. You need more? There's a bunch more. There's a bunch more. How did that happen? We've had the plow in the ground and there's been a biblical philosophy of ministry that is driving this thing. We've not been preaching ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves his servants for Jesus' sake. And until Jesus tarries his coming, let's just keep the plow on the ground and realize that we are his servants so that then we would have more that are graduating. You want me to go? We'll hear them tomorrow. Andre Sevilla, Cole Carson, Daniel Decker, Trevin Lameron, Cody Newby. Man, that's amazing. Christian Peace, Ben Ratz. Mark Scott, Alexander Sundquist, Brandon Armitage, and then you, want, you need some ladies in this mix? Miss Ophelia Bean and Brooke Evans and Rachel Hudson and Megan Seifert and Jacinda Graham and on and on it goes. Listen, there's more coming. There's more coming this fall. We had over 600 at the, at the college days. They're coming. What should we do? Keep the plow in the ground and keep the philosophy of ministry right where it's been. And we'll just see God doing more and more work, more and more work, more and more work till Jesus comes. And we won't have to compromise in the process. That's, it. That's our theme. Keep the plow in the ground. Develop a whole new generation that has a servant spirit.
Not like a pope, not a master, not a boss or a jefe. I'm talking about young men and young women who understand I'm under authority and I'm going to serve. Have a servant spirit rather than being served. I wonder if you students here tonight have got that Bible message heart and that biblical philosophy of ministry. Are you, just, are you just sitting there listening to a bunch of men say amen that are above their 40s and 50s? Do you think this just applies? Now, I know I'm preaching to you like you, you don't think it does because I think you need to hear this because, listen, it doesn't just apply. And teenagers that are here tonight, it doesn't just apply to preachers that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s. No, it applies to you as an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old and 22-year-old and so forth. It applies to every member of this church as well at Southwest Baptist Church and any other churches that are represented here. If Jesus tarries is coming in the next 25 years, I pray that Southwest Baptist Church may still be a Bible-preaching Baptist church and that has the right kind of a philosophy of ministry that is guiding in the youth department, that is guiding in our decisions about music and so forth and so on until Jesus comes again. Let's keep the plow in the ground. Stop blogging and podcasting about how bad fundamentalism is. That's what the interlopers were doing. They were on that podcast in 60-something A.D. <laughs> Saying, Paul doesn't care about you. He's mean. He's mean-spirited. Well, Paul wasn't perfect, and we're not perfect. But we serve a perfect Savior, and we've got a perfect book, and He's given us perfect messages to preach, and He's given us a perfect philosophy of ministry that has a timelessness to it. It's not dated he doesn't have an asterisk in the bottom that says, now this won't apply in 2022. No, it's still just as good for you today as it was when Paul penned these words. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. I'm trying to find the landing But you know, sometimes those that are either in liberalism or whatever, they say, let's just make this all about the gospel. And then they're fussing over all kinds of stuff. Honestly, I'm way too busy to get into some kind of a scrap about the Bible or about music or about dress. We just know where we are and it's driven this way. Now, I'm really glad. Let me be clear about that. I'm really glad to explain it and explain it even with a good spirit. And people have questions and you have questions and you ought to be able to ask questions. That's how we grow. Do you know how many hours I spent asking questions? My father-in-law, who was my youth pastor at the time, not at the same time, but he, he was my father-in-law and my, he was my youth pastor. And we would come from a youth rally and I'd ask him, well, hey, what? What about this? And why don't we listen to this? Or why don't we do that? And I asked some other people like that. You've got to ask questions. Ask. Ask him. Don't be afraid to ask. We're not here to knock you down. Listen, you need to be able to come and ask. Why do we use the King James Bible? And why do we have this kind of music? And why do we have these dress standards? And why do we, why do we have all these things in place? Listen, those are good questions. Don't cross your arms and walk away and say, well. I'll just go somewhere else. And don't do this. Don't try to come back here and try to change what has been here. Because history is bound to repeat itself, but not on our watch. Let's stand together here tonight.
God, here we are 25 years later nearly, 26 technically from when the school moved here, <clears throat> 70 years of Southwest Baptist Church. Should you tear your coming 71 coming up in November? <clears throat> God, in this very auditorium are young men, I believe, that want to do something for you. But they could listen to the wrong voices. And there's wrong voices on both sides. I just pray that they'd get a real heart for your word and put the plow on the ground and get in your word and get a hold of the biblical principles that will apply to every area of life. Lord, I pray for Southwest. We're always at a crossroads as well, and I pray that you'd help us. And I pray that you'd help my dear pastor friends today. Maybe somebody's even weary in preaching and keeping the plow on the ground, and they needed this week to get refreshed. I pray for them, dear God, and I pray that they would go back determined to preach the Bible and to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. There's so much more in this passage alone that we'll mine out in the coming year to preach Christ Jesus our Lord. Make much of Him, not make much of us. Dear God, help us to do that. That'll straighten out a lot. Help us, dear Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna sing page 451, Trust and Obey. How about we just commit ourselves to this tonight? That'd be the invitation. Just commit ourselves to it. Find the altar and say, God, would you help me to do that? As Brother Aaron leads us on this first verse.